Hi, I'm Kirsten Siggins and welcome to the Institute of Curiosity podcast. For the last 12 years, together with my business partner, Kathy Tberner, who's also my mom, we've helped people build relationships that empower, especially in emotional and high stakes situations. Every Thursday, Kathy and I are sitting down together, having real conversations, sharing everything from our experiences and perspectives to our unique model for handling conflict, making it easier to step into conversations rather than away from them. This week, Kathy and I question if Canadians are too polite. Are we suffering from the disease to please? How this is holding us and our kids back and what we can do to disrupt, helping us step into more conversations rather than away from them. Let's get started. After our conversation last week, Kirsten, I started thinking about times when in conflict or in intense conversations, I sometimes don't ask the questions that come into my head. I decide not to be curious in certain situations. And instead, I decide that I'll be quiet and polite because I don't want to hurt someone's feelings or I don't want to put them in a position that could, well, disrupt them, that could make them feel anything but super warm and cuddly and good. I'm concerned about that because I know that if I ask those questions that are in my head, I will better understand their perspective. And with that understanding will come a more effective relationship. And I just wonder what your experience of this is. So many things come up for me. And as I'm sitting here listening to you, I understand where you're coming from because I think that I do the same thing. It's interesting that you talk about this because my husband and I had an interesting conversation yesterday. He's from a different country and we have, we've moved from the States and we're now living in Canada. And for him, he's had this really interesting perspective where he finds that people shy away from challenging conversations and that it's more important for them to be polite than it is for them to have a perspective. And it's interesting because this is something that comes up when I'm working with parents and it's something that has come up working with teens is that there's this fear to speak their mind. It's the, their fe- there's a fear to have their own perspective. When they feel their emotional buttons get pushed, they shy away from interaction. They shy away from saying what they want to say and they immediately shut down in order to please everybody and, and be kind or polite. Polite is the word that keeps coming up for me. And we're inherently known as polite people in Canada. And I really noticed this coming back now that I don't think I had any awareness of before. And I wonder what it is, what the reason is that we shy away from having what can be considered tricky conversations. They don't even have to be conflictual, but it just, they're conversations where we may have different perspectives so we feel like they could potentially become conflictual. So we don't ask the questions. We just hold back out of politeness. Yeah. And that's, I find sometimes I just decide, well, I'm not going to share my perspective on this because it's so different from theirs. I, I was at a dinner party about 10 days ago where this came up and someone had a very different perspective on a hot political topic. Instead of asking questions and becoming a part of the conversation, I chose, and I might add the rest of the table chose, not to participate. And afterwards, I thought, oh, I could have asked, I should have asked. I wasn't really honest in, in what I was saying. 
And this person walked away thinking everybody at the table agreed with her around what had been said. Mm. When in fact, because of the conversation that after, afterwards, I know of at least one other person at the table who, who shared my opinion. And yet neither one of us had the courage to speak up in a respectful way and to share what we had to say. And I just I, I translate that into the work world, and I think of employees with leaders. And if a leader isn't able to develop that level of trust with their employees, and employees choose to be polite with them, the missed messages, the misinterpretations that a leader would, with good reason, make in terms of how connected the team is, or how how much agreement there is around moving forward in a certain way where all the perspectives of the table aren't brought into the conversation to create the most effective solution. So I can see it really impacting us and the same in families. If, if kids don't feel, well, I shouldn't ask that question of my parents or parents think, well, you know, this is, she's getting to be an older teen and I shouldn't ask this question. If we, if we stay polite in those situations, there's so much lost. And so this, this place of complacency, of politeness, but I, and I really see it as complacency, it's not serving us as a country if, in fact, you know, this is an experience that a lot of people are having. Well, it's funny because I remember when I first moved back, I got scolded by somebody because I had, I was sharing a perspective and I got scolded by this person by telling me that it's, it's our, it was my God given right as a Canadian to be kind and polite and not share my perspective. And I remember and immediately shut me up and I felt shocked and I didn't ask questions. I guess that's where I'm going with it. I didn't ask questions. It was more, I, I felt like I was put in this place where you've done something wrong. We don't share our perspectives here. We're just polite. And what's interesting is that working with parents, when we talk about conflict, so many of them have shared, well, I do what my parents did. We didn't talk about things. You, you just had to be polite. You had to suppress your your emotions. And so with my kids, that's what I do. We don't have differences of opinions in the household because that's not what we're supposed to do. As Canadians, we are supposed to be polite. That's what our role is. But if we don't have those experiences of sharing differences of opinion, which we can do really, really respectfully, then we never learn how to do it. So we're constantly shying away. You know, if we're not doing that at home in our families with our kids as parents, if we're not modeling that, and it's not happening at schools, how are we ever supposed to go into work environments and feel comfortable talking about these things? And I think what it really comes down to when you break it all away, what I'm hearing is that it's uncomfortable for people. It feels too uncomfortable for them, so they would rather just suppress it and not say anything rather than be curious and ask questions to better understand. And how do we get to that place where we feel that it's okay for us to have different perspectives. You know, that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about living in the States. And I, I admit it was kind of, it was so different when I first got there because everybody has such a different perspective and they're very, very vocal about it. And I never considered it as being something that I just wasn't used to it. 
I think that's really what it was. I just, I wasn't used to it, but I really admired people for having their own voice and having their perspective. And that's something we should all have and we should all embrace and we should all be proud of and unafraid to share because that what's, that's what makes our world so rich. And that's how we learn right from each other. So I wonder how we can shift that conversation and as parents be better models for our kids to have different perspectives. Well, I would throw that question back at you because my observation of you with your kids who are now 10 and almost 12 is that you have created the environment where they feel comfortable asking questions and being their own unique and both your kids are incredibly special and unique and they're thriving and they're very respectful in all situations uh, and yet they they feel comfortable being themselves and asking those challenging questions when they pop into their heads so how have you done that well, thank you. That's nice to hear. I, we've had the benefit of living in different countries and different cities. And I think that that plays a huge role in it because you are forced to live in different environments with different lenses and learn that people come from all walks of life and people all have different experiences and things are done differently everywhere. They've been to a lot of different schools, so they've had to learn how to do things differently and be open to learning to do things differently. Okay. And as part of that, just what comes up for me now is the yeah, but of they could have been very closed. And so with the move, it could have been, well, we don't do things this way. Where we came from, this is how it was done and this is the way it should be done. And that's, I've never heard either of your kids say anything like that. They're always open to the new adventures, to learning more. To me, there has to be more to it than just moving from one place to another. Because I think that the closed mindset could have been just as great an opportunity for them in terms of how they approached a move. They could have chosen to go that way and they've never chosen to be closed. I think, you know, what really it is, and I had, I've thought about this a lot, is that I have the benefit of working with teens. And so I have this experience that I really believe I'm so incredibly lucky and I'm so incredibly grateful for is to listen to different experiences of teens and and now I've had them in different countries and different age groups and to just be present to listen to what's going on for them and their experiences it teaches me so much on how I can be there for my kids and to listen to my kids and be open to my kids and I think that this is what I'm hearing from other parents is that when their parents shut them down in terms of conflict or shut them down because they have different perspectives. And when I'm talking about parents, I mean now parents that are my age in their forties and they're raising kids, their Mm -hmm. parents never gave them the opportunity or they never felt like they were listened to because it was too hard or was too conflictual or whatever it may be. And so for them, they never built those skills or learned the skills to listen to other people's perspectives. And they know that it's wrong or I don't want to use the word wrong. They know that they're missing out. They know that it, they, it can be different, but they don't know how to do it. And so until we can model those skills, then it's really difficult for our kids to know how to do them as well. And what I've learned through working with teens is that if I don't show those skills, if I don't 
express different perspectives and give the kids the space for them to have their own unique perspective and not be judged for it and not be considered right or wrong for them to just embrace it, then I'm not doing my kids any favors, right? We're not helping them create their own lens. And that's really what we want. We want our kids to have their own unique thoughts and their own approach to how they do things. And I think as parents, we often, and teachers, I know sometimes we, we want to mold them into categories or things that we think they should be rather than who they really are and what they want to be. And so when I'm having conversations with kids where they want to make their parents proud and they want their friends to like them and they they just, they're doing, they're, they, they suffer from the disease to please because they're so afraid of not being like, they're so afraid of doing it wrong. They're so afraid of having their own unique perspective because they'll be judged for it. So they just don't say anything. Hearing that consistently over and over and over and over again allows me to show up differently for my kids to help them stand in those places that I know these other kids wish that they could stand in. Yes. So it sounds to me as if what you're really doing is you're really supporting your kids and being their own unique special people and also to feel that they have the the ability to ask the questions to disrupt, to better understand what's going on for others. Listen, I'm not going to say this is easy. It's so funny when you say disrupt. I have a daughter that is like a major disruptor. Yep. <laughs> I, I love that about her, but it is also my greatest challenge. I am not going to lie. What I love about her is that she is a disruptor and she's not afraid to put her foot down and she's not afraid to say what she thinks and she's not afraid to say and do what she's passionate about. And it's not always well received. And I admit fully that we're working on delivering it with respect because she's passionate in certain ways and it can come off rough. Having said that... I've learned to let my kids have their own voice, and that's something that they've taught me. I know that sounds ridiculous, but the, the feedback I get from my kids all the time before I speak in front of a group of parents when I say, what is it that you want parents to know? What is it you want as kids' parents to understand? And it's always the same thing. I wish parents knew that, one, they need to listen to their kids, and two, just because we have a different perspective, it doesn't mean it's wrong. And I feel like that's always a reminder for me, that's always in my back of my head, when they're talking about something that I have to be open to listening to it. I do not always love what they say. I don't always agree with their perspective. And there are lots of times the way they want to solve a problem or fix a challenge that I cringe at the thought. Cause I just like, Oh, I don't think that's going to work. That's not how I would do it, but I'm learning to give them the space to do it. And it's not always easy, but I feel like if they don't learn how to do it, I can't expect them to know how as they get older. And I think that's yeah. something, that all of us as parents need to be better at because if we don't give our kids the, that space to have their perspective and to show up in that way that is disrupting, then we, we never give them that voice as they get older. They can't be disruptors as they're older if they don't know, if we take that away from them as kids. Well, and when you look at when you say if their perspectives are different, as the grandmother, I would say, of course, their perspectives are different because you look at how how different the world is now than when it was when you were the same age. 
And I, I mean, I would be shocked and troubled if they did have the same perspective as you have. Yeah. And nothing, you know, I'm not saying one's right or wrong. It's just the times are very different. And so how as parents can we be more understanding and open to the different perspectives of our kids? Yeah. Well, I think first is just being open to listening to them. And, and going back to what we started with is that when we hear something that doesn't feel right is asking those questions and not being afraid to have those conversations. And I hear this a lot with teens is they're afraid to ask questions. They're afraid to dig deeper because they, they're afraid that they're not going to be polite. And if we're not asking questions, then we're never moving forward. We're not learning. And it's so important to, to be curious and ask those questions, especially with people, because our world is becoming larger and it's becoming more global. And we're doing business now, not just in our communities, but literally around the world. And everything is done differently in different places. And so it's really important to be able to find the common ground, the same way that it's important to have our own unique perspectives and what we bring to the table. But I definitely have experienced that for some reason, we're afraid to do that. We're afraid to, I don't even know what it is that we're afraid. We're afraid to speak up out of fear of not being polite. And I feel like we need to be able to be respectful and also be disruptive. Because if we're going to move forward in a way that's productive for all of us, it's, we're going to have to learn how to have these kinds of conversations. And that, that needs to start happening at home first if we're going to have them at school and if we're going to have them in the workplace. I think that in terms of the next generation, the, the kids who are the age of your kids and even teenagers, as you mentioned, our, our economy, our, the business model is now much more of a global one than it was you know, even 20 years ago. And to have that, as you said, the common ground, a better understanding the business practices of a different culture so that we can connect and be respectful with them. And also innovation. And if other countries are disrupting and other countries are honoring the perspectives of each other, and we're not, then we're not going to be as innovative moving forward as other countries. And that's going to impact us in terms of our ability to be competitive in the world market. And that does not bode well for this country. So it starts at home so that the next generation can have that ability to be disruptive. And one of the things that comes up for me is that I'm wondering, as a parent listening to this, people are thinking, the yeah, but, well, that's fine and dandy, but I don't have the energy. I don't have anything left when I get home to be able to even really listen to my kids to be able to take that time to support them and being open to understand their perspective and to respond to questions if, there are, if they are disruptors. I mean, that just is too messy and it takes too much time. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it absolutely takes more time. In a time that we have no time, Everybody's feeling overwhelmed and, and everybody is feeling, I think that with this feeling of I have no more bandwidth, the last thing anybody wants to do is get into a conversation that could be difficult or feel conflictual or is 
has a different perspective than how we all feel because what that means is then we have to work hard right then we have to be present and listen and ask questions to better understand and also know how to manage our emotions while we're doing it and those are all things that are just expected of us and we've never been taught and it's hard so it's much easier to just shy away from it and not have them at all. It's much easier to yeah. say, oh, my kid's going through adolescence and it's raging hormones and that's what it is and I'm just going to tuck it under the rug and pretend like it's not happening. I think the first step is first recognizing, what do I do in those moments? Do I choose politeness over having my own unique perspective and sharing it? And in those conversations that I'm having with my kid, what is my kid doing? Are they sharing their perspective that I'm listening to or am I hearing them shying away and becoming polite and not really saying anything and sharing anything because they don't feel that they can? And I think first having that awareness around it helps us then change because if they can't share their perspective at home, then how are they going to want to share their perspective at school? And if they don't have the courage to do that at school, then how are they ever going to do it at work? Just like you were saying before. So really, if we have the opportunity as parents to change that narrative at home where we give them the confidence and that safe space, first voice their perspective and let them feel respected. And in doing so, it gives them the courage to do it elsewhere. We have, it's a skill that we need to learn how to do because what I've learned being here for almost two years now is it's not what comes naturally to us. And I don't know why, and I don't know how, and I can relate to this because I know that I was the same way and I've had living in the States for 17 years, I, I had to change the way I communicated. And I didn't really put all of it together until I came back. We are inherently polite and I don't, it, I don't believe that it's serving us well. Yeah. The other thing that strikes me when you're talking about kids, especially teenagers, is that you talk about parents and you talk about the education system and then you talk about them transitioning into the work world. The other side of that, and it really is almost positional, is their peer group and peer influence for being the same, for not being different, for being the same as everyone else is so important in terms of being accepted. Mm -hmm. And so if parents are complacent at home and staying polite and kids have got this this desire this the message they're hearing all the time that to be accepted I need to be the same I need to do what everyone else is doing we're tipping the scales so there's not even a balance in terms of how kids are maturing how they're learning through those years hmm. you can see the influences that are coming to play in the, these kids lives and how their perspectives are going to be very different from yours were at the same age. Because although peer pressure was, it was there, I'm not sure it was quite as strong as it is now with kids because of social media and all the other influences that are out there. No, you're right. And you, that's a very valid point. I mean, my son was bullied for being different, for sure. And that was, that was an interesting experience to go through, especially coming from a city like LA where you work so hard as a kid to stand out and be different. He very quickly sussed it out and said the path of least resistance is to look like everybody and do exactly like they are and find the fastest and smoothest and easiest way to be exactly the same. If I'm going to, you know. Wow. And so if that's the, if that's the message that teen, preteens and teens are getting and that's the, the course of action that they're choosing to, to follow, 
then how is that going to serve them when they hit the work world? If we, if in fact, when they hit the work world and they become leaders, employees and leaders, they're in a place where it's all, everybody is, is trying to be the same, to have the same perspective. And that is going to, I would think, it will really impact Canada's ability to be competitive on the world market. Well, the good news is, is that we can always make change. We can always do things differently. And what I've learned is the easiest way to make change is first just being aware of it. And I just, I don't feel like we're having this conversation. And I know it's not going to be a conversation that's going to be easy for people to listen to. And for some, they can relate and others, they're not going to be able to relate at all. Until we start having this conversation and talking about it and also having that self-awareness around how we show up individually, what's going on for us. Are we choosing to be polite and, and to basically resist and push down all the other things so that we don't ask those questions? And how are we doing the same with our kids or our, our loved ones or our husbands or whatever, wives, whatever it may be within our family? So first step is having that self-awareness of how we show up and then paying attention to how others show up as well so that we can start just being a little bit more curious and asking a few more open questions to better understand the perspectives of others. And literally one conversation at a time, we can make that change. Yes, it's a good place to start. We love to hear from you and we love to hear what your experience is like. Do you find that you choose being polite over having your own perspective? What comes up for you? Join us on our Facebook group or an Instagram at Institute of Curiosity and drop us a comment there. We'd really love to hear from you and what your experience has been. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you had the opportunity to hear new thoughts and perspectives and understand that you're not alone. We invite you to join this continuing conversation on Facebook and Instagram at Institute of Curiosity. It's your place to share experiences, learn new tricks and tools, or ask those burning questions that you want answers to. You can learn more about our work or access our free course at instituteofcuriosity.com and in our book, The Power of Curiosity, how to have real conversations that create collaboration, innovation, and understanding. If you like what you heard, we hope you'll please rate and review us and then don't forget to share us with your friends. Then hit subscribe to keep up with the latest episodes. Thanks again for tuning in. Stay curious and we'll see you next week. Have an awesome day.